Well, thank you very much, and uh, I want to welcome all of you to my uh, former congressional district. Colin Powell was giving me a hard time outside about showing up with a necktie on, but I explained that since I'd campaigned through here six times and represented this uh, beautiful valley in the U.S. Congress, I had to keep up appearances, and uh, that's why I showed up today with my necktie on. But I've uh, been asked, I guess, to talk about secrets of success and, and about how uh, I got to the various positions that I've served in over the years, and that's obviously a difficult uh, task. A lot of us don't like to talk about ourselves very much. But um, I'm often reminded of how I uh, came to be Secretary of Defense. You know, I didn't get the job uh, initially in the Bush administration. President Bush had selected John Tower, Senator Tower from Texas, to be the Secretary. And um, Senator Tower was rejected by the U.S. Senate, and then the President asked me to become Secretary of Defense. So in effect, I was his, his second choice. My wife brings that up from time to time, usually in the midst of family disputes, as in you were only the President's second choice to be Secretary of Defense. But I I'm, uh, like to think about my very first day on the job as Secretary. You know, it's, you're, you're there now, you've become the Secretary of Defense, you've got this very important assignment, you want to make a good impression on people. And uh, my first day on the job happened to be a Saturday. I'd been sworn in the night before when the Senate confirmed me. And on um, Saturday morning, I went down to the office in the Pentagon, and I was there in the Secretary's office, a big desk that had belonged to General Pershing, who had led our forces in World War I at one point. And I was doing those things you do the first day on the job. I was organizing the paper clips and getting the pencils all laid out properly and uh, waiting for something to defend now that I was Secretary of Defense. <laughs> and uh, the telephone rang, and it was the President of the United States, President Bush, uh, had called uh, an emergency meeting of the National Security Council, and my presence was required over across the river at the White House in about an hour. So uh, the appointed time I got in the elevator there in the Secretary's office. There's an elevator that goes from the Secretary's office down to the garage. It's a private elevator. It's a way to get in and out. And it's the first time I'd been on the elevator by myself since I'd, I'd arrived there, nobody else with me. So I got in and I punched into the basement of the Pentagon where I thought the garage was, the elevator went down, the doors opened, I stepped out, the doors closed behind me. And uh, there was no car there. There was no garage there. The <laughs> fact was I was on the wrong floor. The garage is on the first floor in the uh, Pentagon. And Then I turned around to call the elevator back down once I figured out what had happened, and I couldn't do that because there's no button there to call the elevator down. For security reasons, you don't want somebody walking into the basement of the Pentagon, punching into the elevator, and riding up to the secretary's office. So there I was on a Saturday morning. Nobody's around. I'm trapped in the basement of the Pentagon. <laughs> it's my first day on the job, and the boss is waiting for me over across the street at the White House. Finally, I found my way around and got up the stairwell and got back to the location of the garage where I was supposed to be. And, and I could see out through a window there, I could see the car parked there, the limousine, and my secret uh, service agents, the driver, the uh, military admiral, assistant uh, who'd been assigned to me, Navy admiral, they're all running around saying, where the heck is he? He's not in his office, he's not in the elevator, what happened to the secretary? So I uh, decided the best way to, to proceed was to act like I knew what I was doing. So I pulled up my coat, tightened my tie, walked out, got in the car, everybody immediately fell into place. We drove across the river and I went into the White House to meet with the president. And nobody, but nobody ever had the nerve to ask me where the hell I'd been for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> So uh, lesson number one is act like you know what you're doing. It'll carry you a very, very long way. The 
Just a couple of brief points uh, to make today that I hope are relevant from the standpoint of your considerations. When I was your age, I was given a tremendous opportunity. I was recruited uh, to go to Yale University and given a full-ride scholarship. My family didn't have any money, and uh, so the financing was absolutely crucial. And uh, at 18, I went off to, uh, to New Haven as a newly minted uh, Yale freshman. Um, <laughs> I uh, uh, didn't succeed at Yale, though. The fact of the matter was, after they kicked me out the second time, they said, don't come back. Uh, that wasn't Yale's fault. That was my fault. I'm the one who blew it and uh, was given a tremendous opportunity. And then for various and sundry reasons, which I won't bore you with, I found myself, uh, when it was time to be graduating and all of my classmates were graduating, I was out uh, building power line and transmission line around Wyoming, Colorado, Utah, working in the tools, so to speak, getting a, a different kind of education. But I eventually concluded that I needed to go back and try to make something of myself, so I went back to the University of Wyoming. Uh, the University of Wyoming was enormously important to me, first of all, because they had to take me. I was a graduate of a Wyoming high school, so I got admission. And it was cheap, 96 bucks a semester. But <laughs> it's changed a bit in recent years. I'm sure it's uh, probably a little higher than that now down in Laramie. The point was that, that um, I had the opportunity to go back and start all over again. And uh, many of us do. Not all of you will succeed uh, at your first uh, ventures. I hope everybody does. But we all have ups and downs along the way. We run into problems, encounter difficulties, sometimes suffer defeats, make mistakes. And uh, one of the great things about this nation is you always have the opportunity every morning to get out there and start fresh all over again. Uh, it has been my uh, observation that out of opportunity emerges, or out of adversity emerges opportunity, that opportunities arise lots of times when we least expect them. I remember 1976 working for President Ford uh, helping uh, with Jim Baker, who we'll see here in a moment, oversee the 1976 campaign, and we lost that campaign. I hated to lose that campaign. We wanted to, to win uh, the 1976 election in the worst possible way. But at that point, I had no choice then, but I had no job. I was out of work. I had to pack up my family and a U-Haul truck, which we did. We came home to Wyoming and ran for Congress. Uh, if it hadn't been for that defeat in 76, I never would have taken that step of putting my own name on the ballot, running for public office in my own right. We have a tremendous uh, opportunity in this country because you absolutely can reinvent yourself. And uh, as we move forward, I think we'll see more of it in your generation than any we've seen to date. I would urge all of you to give serious consideration to public service. I know these days that as we watch uh, events in Washington, um, scandals, allegations of scandal, and, and uh, I think uh, uh, the kinds of developments that make many of us extraordinarily uncomfortable, you shouldn't let that turn you off public service, and you shouldn't judge all politicians or public servants by what we see occasionally uh, at the national level today in Washington. It is a tremendous privilege to have the opportunity to represent the American people and to participate in that process, and I hope many of you will take advantage of, uh, of that opportunity in the years ahead. Final point, um, most of us uh, that you'll see here today, and it's part of the uh, the program uh, would, I think, be the first to admit that all of us got a lot of help along the way, that none of us did it all by ourselves. And uh, I can think of uh, a long list of people who made possible my success over the years, uh, who helped me when I needed help, who stood by me when I was in trouble, who offered me opportunities when they saw possibilities that I had not yet perceived. And we all have an obligation, you will all have an obligation to do the same for others. Uh, 
because you've received the same kind of assistance along the way. Thank you.